Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today, our guest is Lori McDonald, the Director of Business Development at Hinkley Allen. As the Director of Business Development, Lori provides strategic planning, guidance, and business development support, including identifying business development opportunities and lead generation. Key to our discussion today, Lori is successfully driving a business development program that involves structured business development plans by partner. Each plan spans three to five years, is customized to capitalize on the business development activity the partner enjoys and plays to the partner's unique strengths. Lori has been at Hinkley Allen in marketing and business development for 14 years. Lori, I've given our listeners some insight into your role and background. Can you expand on what I've said and give us a glimpse into who you are personally? Thank you, Nicole. One of the things I think is key here, I've been with the firm in multiple capacities for this year. It'll be my 30th year, which is hard to imagine. So as a result, I know the firm, I know the people, I know the strategic vision of the firm in a way that perhaps some of my colleagues at other firms don't. So I think that overlays into what I'm able to do here and the resources and the support that I get from firm management. I'm sure that is important. Lori, you obviously have great experience both at the firm and other capacities as well as in your role in marketing and business development. What personal strengths or habits do you feel have made you successful in helping others with business development? I say this with tongue-in-cheek, resiliency. Our sales model is partner-based and our partners are our salespeople. So my job is to keep them focused and provide them with advice and strategic insight and to keep them energized, which is not always easy to do. So as a result of that, I have the ability to connect the dots internally in a way that's very compelling and very helpful to business development efforts firm-wide. Good listening skills are key. I have a detailed knowledge of what each of our partners does and what their skill sets are. So I have the ability to build relationships with often challenging and extremely busy people, which is not an easy thing. Lori, do you end up working primarily with folks that are coming into the firm's laterals or with new partners, people that have been promoted, or do you work pretty much across all the different levels of partners? I work with primarily partners only, and that includes any partners that come into the firm laterally. Is this the first time any of those partners are going through really a focused plan on business development. It's particularly striking with the lateral partners that come in. They come in from a variety of different firms with varying levels of support for business development. And so as a result, this program developed over the last 13 years is something they've never encountered before. And it's become a recruiting tool for the firm. It's it's an attractive thing to be able to provide this to people coming into the firm when the expectation is that they need to support and build their practice. In our pre-interview chat, we talked about the fact that you are exclusively working on the business development side today versus dual responsibilities of marketing and business development. I've always worked under the understanding that those in marketing were responsible for getting the message out, opening doors, creating interest through campaigns and messaging, doing PR, doing events. Those in business development were tasked with having the responsibility to bring in business, to bring in new business, either through cross-selling current clients or obtaining 
gaining new clients. Do you agree with that definition? And is that a definition that you've worked under in your career? One of the key components in assessing what business the firm wants strategically and what we must pass on. So you've got this go versus no-go decision-making that has to take place. And not everybody is attuned to that. And oftentimes, the lawyers see a new business opportunity as something that they need to jump on, where in fact, we take the time to be thoughtful about the type of business and whether or not it aligns with our business and with our core strengths. That's a great point. You do use an active go, no-go process within your firm? Yes, of sorts. It's not formulaic necessarily, but we take a look at, number one, do we have the skill set, the personnel to do this? Number two, can this be profitable for the firm? Can we manage it so that it is a profitable engagement and serve the best needs of the client? All of those are taken into consideration and a variety of people are brought into that discussion, including the firm finance team, as well as practice group leaders and various other practitioners in the firm to really assess whether or not this is something that we want to be doing and can we do it effectively and efficiently. You have to have courage in order to do that and do that effectively. We've worked over the years to go through a process and a discussion and be thoughtful about the type of work that we're taking in. When we talk about having formal business developers, people that are responsible for bringing a business, working within a firm, a firm's practices and having to develop relationships with the people in those practices and wanting to partner with the team within those practices. Digging into that, how have you and your team been able to make that relationship work where you're able to help influence what opportunities, what new accounts the firm goes after in a particular practice without an effective go-no-go process. There's a tendency to run after business that wouldn't be good business for the firm and might not be business that you have any chance of acquiring. How have you created that relationship? What does that relationship look like? What have you done to ensure that that's a really strong, productive relationship? Typically, new business opportunities come in through a variety of portals throughout the firm, whether or not it's an individual attorney, whether or not it's a result of a discussion that was had at a high-level executive committee meeting, an article that appears on my doorstep and says, you know, we should be doing this. The opportunities come in from a variety of areas. What we try and do is take a systematic approach to whether or not this is business that we indeed can handle as well as do in an efficient way, and whether or not it's strategic fits in and aligns with the strategic growth of the firm. Similar to other firms, we have a strategic plan for the firms where we're allocating resources over a period of time. All of that is communication and thoughtful discussion and whether or not it makes sense. Now, these are difficult waters to navigate. Oftentimes, you have a partner that is a big kahuna in the firm that is somebody that's hard to say no to. This is where I have a good and close working relationship with the manager of the firm, that we all have a discussion, I get the support that I need to be able to go back to the partner and say, no, this is not this is not something that we should be pursuing and this is why. It's really about communication on a variety of levels and then slowly begin to shape 
the expectations and some of the thought process throughout the firm just by working with people and so that the next time they have an approach, they understand where we're coming from and understand that this is an opportunity perhaps that we don't want to pursue. Having those opportunities that are successful that you've spent the time working on jointly with a partner can really lead to understanding when there is that communication that says the likelihood of success is not high. Either let's get more information or get some indication that assessment is incorrect, formal from the prospective client, something that says, you know, there is another reason we should look at something or just all agree to pass. I'm sure a lot of the work you do is not only securing business that's been identified, but finding opportunities, finding new clients, finding prospective clients that that would be strong clients for your firm. What do you suggest to partners? In what ways has Hinkley Allen gone out to the market and really looked for and located new clients proactively for the firm? What are the most successful ways you've done that? One of the most important areas of focus, and it's going to sound simplistic, but it's very important and a lot of resources that we expend are focused in this area, is client retention and growth. A significant amount of our efforts are directed at our existing clients in in a number of ways, keeping them happy. Client loyalty has decreased across the market. Keeping our existing clients, keeping them happy, listening to their needs, getting feedback from them about what they like, what they don't like, that we're listening to them, adding value wherever possible. And I know that value is a cornucopia of all sorts of different things, but identifying where there's opportunity for growth with this client, getting a recommendation. One of the areas of new business development coming out of existing clients is getting recommendations from clients and introductions to other companies and other potential clients. That can be one of the most powerful ways of getting new business. There's an awful lot that is there for existing clients first and foremost before you even go out to the marketplace. And then constantly making assessments and evaluating the opportunities to to do more with that client and leveraging those opportunities. Great point. They can make that introduction for you. You've already got your reference. Even if you ask them to make a recommendation to a particular client because you see that they're connected or you know that they're clients of that client, there is that opportunity for that more preferred response. And also, if it's a strong client of yours, they're feeling somewhat indebted to make that introduction. It really does help with speeding along the process. I do agree with you. Eric Press from Bonero and Press did a great article on, he didn't call it cross-selling, but cross-integrating through your clients and what a great opportunity there is within current clients to both grow business there and through referrals. I agree with you, an appropriate focus on using those channels. Lori, I know you have this great program where you work with your partners. Can you give our listeners a synopsis of that program, the really organized way that Hinkley Allen has established a program for business development. Sure, happy to. 13 years ago, we sat down and developed a program. It's a business plan development program that is partner-focused. The goal of the plan is to identify types of work that the partners love to do, types of people they like working for to shape the plan for the future for these partners. That is a three to five year business plan that's customized for the partner. These plans are a result of about 10 hours of meetings and it includes 
the plan development, the implementation of that plan, and then follow-up, which is really where the rubber meets the road. We all hear it's all in the follow-up, and it really is because we put together these really great plans. It's an organic process. It emanates from the partners. By the time that the plan is finished, they've internalized it already. It's all based on what they've expressed as where they want to go. One of my important roles in this process is making sure that from a firm perspective, it is in keeping with the strategic plan of the firm as well as within key practice areas that we don't have a plan that's going off the reservation in an area that we don't practice in and we have no intentions of practicing in. The end result is this three to five year business plan. And then we meet with them on a quarterly basis. We have check-in calls with each partner with a plan as well as an annual checkup where we go over the goals that were identified in the plan and see how the partners are doing against those goals, see how it's working, see if the goals are still relevant. Do we need to tweak them? How are they performing to plan? Talking about resources and giving them some further ideas and suggestions on how to accomplish those goals. The plans are focused on what they want their practice to look like in the future, and my job is to help them get there both those points of having regular follow-up and then the yearly checkup can mean the difference between having something that continues to be of value to the firm. You know, that's the thing we hear most. There wasn't that follow-up. Lori, could you share a success story, possibly a partner who went from being very challenged in this area of their work to having success? One of our first partners that went through the program, this partner is a litigator. He's also a key environmental attorney. The environmental side of his practice was growing. He was really interested in positioning himself out in the marketplace as a go-to environmental lawyer. One of the first plans we did in 2003, and we've been meeting with him ever since, and what we were able to do as part of that plan is to get him focused on what he needed to do, speaking, writing, positioning himself as an expert in that field out in the marketplace, as well as applying those resources. And the plans are providing focus, not only for the attorney, but also myself and my team to focus the resources that are required to achieve that plan. I'm proud to say that we might have had a part to play in this. He was top rainmaker of the firm last year. His practice has continued to grow. His environmental practice has gone national since then. That's one example. What was the approach that allowed him to expand? These plans contain a variety of things. It's not just one approach. There's a number of goals within those plans. Some of the goals are externally focused and some of them are internally focused, creating teams of people within the firm that are the best practitioners to deliver the service to the clients that he is bringing in. It's a combination of things, but the speaking and the writing has positioned him as one of the top renewable energy lawyers in the Northeast. It's allowed him to be more selective about the work that he takes on, much more thoughtful about new clients that he takes on and work that he goes after, kind of pervades every decision-making step along the way, including the use of his time. He's gone out and spoken at national conferences, attended certain national networking things, conferences that, that all speak to his goal of positioning himself as a leader in that field. In the time that you have been in the marketing and business development side of your business, how much of your approach to the market representing your firm has changed primarily because of changing market conditions where Hinkley Allen's had to rethink the way that you've gone to market. You just could not stay the same. 
There's been a tremendous amount of change in the legal market, and probably 50% of what I do now is working on proposals of some of some sort, which is a real departure from the way it used to be over five years ago. We're doing more RFPs. We're doing more alternative fee arrangements, which is something the clients are demanding, and we are responding. They require a lot of thought, creativity, some risk-reward analysis that we've never had to do before. The market is much more competitive. As I mentioned earlier, client loyalty is declining. Any new work that we win means taking fees from another law firm. It's highly competitive. So again, client retention becomes much more vital to our success. And the client's expectations have changed. They anticipate better value. They require higher efficiency. Certainly my firm and and other law firms are starting to answer this call in changing their own business model and the way they deliver services. Would that be Lori, more alternative fee arrangements, fixed fee arrangements? Is it more on the pricing and delivery model or more laser focused on those current clients and their business needs and making sure you retain and grow your business within those clients? Those aren't mutually exclusive. I think it applies to new clients as well as existing clients. Our existing clients have greater pressures than ever before. And the legal spend, if you look at any trends throughout the industry, the legal spend is predicted to be something in the area of one and a half percent this year in 2016. Legal expenses are not going up. That becomes a challenging environment for law firms to look for ways when there's just greater expectations of what we're delivering to clients in a way that requires creativity, thoughtfulness, and innovation as well. It's so interesting with e-discovery and technology and alternative ways of acquiring legal services through companies like Axiom and Priori, that there's other alternatives out there helping to drive the market to a place where there is there has to be alternatives, forcing firms to get innovative, get more creative. In your opinion, what have you seen that's either innovative on the delivery of services side within the legal environment or innovative on the actual growing of the business or retaining of the business? as I mentioned earlier, alternative fee arrangements. And I know that sounds kind of boring. Clients are asking for that. And the more creative you can be, the more thoughtful you appear, that we've thought about this stuff, that we care, we want it to align to their interests, the client's interests as well as our own. I think the fact that we're willing to consider that and we've thought about it and we can provide a lot of different alternatives is something that clients are most definitely looking for. And there's any number of different ways to do this. And there are some very creative ways. Clients now are asking for their law firms to get some skin in the game themselves. And so you'll see a lot of different things that people are considering now. Now, whether or not the client ultimately decides to choose an alternative fee or rather go with what they're used to, which is an hourly rate, is something that is still very much in force. The fees at the end of the day are are key. And then also the way that services are being delivered. Legal project management is something that the legal industry has been touting for a number of years. And my firm has a major initiative underway to apply that throughout the firm, throughout its practices. I think the clients thought we were already managing the firm. Why is this a differentiating factor? Basically, it goes to the point law firms have to look at how they're doing things differently than ever before. I think that's really what it's all about is the willingness to offer alternatives, whether or not it's the way they deliver the services or charge for the services. 
have to agree. There's a lot of room there to differentiate, confirm that you have had effective practices in the past as far as managing projects and managing time and managing fees. Lori, a lot of our listeners are millennial, mobile, and global. And I'm sure you're approached by those in your firm that want to start to learn about business development, how they can become one of the partners within the firm that is bringing in clients. What advice would you give to that millennial coming to you and saying, I want to start to make an effort on the business development side, what advice would you give them? Well, a couple of different things. Business development is a contact sport. And one of the things that technology and social media has done is made it easier to communicate differently. I think people have moved away from being involved personally with face-to-face with people in a way that I think is really critical to business development. Ultimately, it is a contact sport. Some of the communication practices need to be thought through carefully. And then to try a lot of different things. It's not a one-size-fits-all proposition. The success in business development has to do with who you are and what, at the end of the day, what you're actually going to do. I never recommend people going on boards of organizations that they have no interest in the mission or what they're doing there. People need to try a lot of different things and not to be put off by lack of success. I think they just need to be open-minded about what they're going to try and then also to have patience. In addition to trying a lot of different things, you have to have patience. This this new business development takes time. It is a relationship business. There's a number of ways to develop those relationships, but it is a relationship business and communication is key. Good advice, strong advice. Lori, what did you enjoy most about the work that you do? What makes my situation unique is that I've been with this firm for 30 years. I know the firm's strategic priorities. I know the nuances of our practices and and what we do. I know our clients. I know the firm's client base like the back of my hand. And through this business development planning program, I spend hours with our partners hearing about what things they love to do, the type of work they love to do, and the people they like working with. What I really enjoy most is putting all of these pieces together and leveraging that to bring new business to the firm. With this kind of multi-phased approach, everything comes together and it's a beautiful thing when it happens and happens the way we want it to. Lori, great points. I know there'll be a value to our listeners. Anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? One of the most important things is to be flexible because this market and this industry is ever evolving. Today's hot new trend will be gone tomorrow. And so flexibility is key. I have to agree with you. Very much so. Lori, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Left Foot. Thank you very much, Nicole. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot. Thank you.